0: Today I'm kicking off a series called Plan B. What do you do when plan A doesn't work out and you're left with plan B? And I want to focus in on failure today and talk about the subject of a failure. When I was in between my junior and senior year of college, I spent that summer not going to summer school but traveling and preaching in churches and different events across the nation. Uh, so I was about 20, 21 years old. I I had been preaching since I was 17 years old, so I was fairly new at preaching and speaking out. And here I am traveling across uh, the United States this summer. And 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 I was had one trip to New York City, and I was going to preach at a church and. At this church was a girl that I liked at the time, and she liked me, I liked her. We, we were at college together. And, you know, we were just interested in each other. And I knew I was going to go preach at her church that uh, that her and her family attended. And they were going to be there that weekend. I was going to meet the parents and so on and so forth. And, man, I'm charged up to go preach at this church in New York City. And and it was at, it, it, it was a, a time in my life that, man, I just was really learning how to preach, gleaning, figuring it all out. And there's one preacher in particular that I loved. And man, he was a, a great preacher, very gifted. I knew him. I was friends with his nephew, spent, spent, spent uh, the night in his house and hanging out and just fellowship. And so I, I, he just was a hero to me. And this guy always used the Greek. And he could preach, and he would dissect the Greek and analyze the Greek and unpack the Greek. And, man, I was ministered to by him. And so I thought, man, I got to have my A game at this church in New York. So I stole one of his sermons that he preached, and I was studying the Greek and looking at the Greek and preparing to preach with the Greek words. And and here I am. Showing up at this church, this is back in the day where a brother used to wear a suit every Sunday and a tie-looking dapper with my shoes and my tie and my socks to match, you know. And back in those days when I used to travel and preach, a lot of places used to sit on the stage doing worship. You know, you sit on the stage, you know, prim and proper doing worship, you know. And I, I, I don't mind churches that you sit on the stage. My only problem is when I don't know the worship songs because I got to sit on the stage, and then, you know, you got to fake it. You know what I mean? You got to be spiritual when you're in church on the stage, so you just start faking it. If you lift your hands, you fake them out. But anyways, anyways, anyways. So so I'm there, man, and and I'm getting ready to preach, and and, and i mount the pulpit at this church. She's out there. Her family's out there, and I begin to preach. And I'm preaching, and I'm looking at the Greek words and talking. And have you ever had an outer body experience? I was having one. Literally, I'm preaching, and as I'm preaching, I'm literally thinking, this is Greek to me. <laughs> this is not working. This is not connecting, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just thinking, I cannot wait for this message to be over. I know it's not working. I know it's not connected. I know I don't even halfway make sense. I'm trying to dissect these Greek words, don't even know what they mean, and, and, and I got done preaching, i just felt about this low you know people are not really coming up to affirm me they're coming up to me you know you know bless your heart bless your heart bless your heart you're good you're good you guys go use you one day one day you know that's and and you know and you know as a traveling speaker you know when you did a good job and do you know how you know because you get a return invite Nobody even slightly remotely invited me back. They didn't want me to come back, and I didn't want to go back after what I just did. Do you know what I'm saying? I had just failed, and after I just failed, then I had to go out to eat with this girl and her parents. Lord have mercy. It was a day of failure in ministry. And I want to talk to you today about about failure. And the Bible has a great deal to say about, about failure. And I want us to look at a story in Luke chapter 22, if you have a Bible with you or your your smartphone with a Bible app. I want us to look at Luke 22 and verse number 33. The Bible says, Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go to prison with you and even die with you. Notice this. Peter is making this declaration, Lord, I'll go to prison with you. I'll stand up for you. I will fight with you. I will even die with you. I'll take a bullet for you. I mean, listen, I got your back, Jesus. And just 23 verses later, and literally the same day, a couple of hours later, I want you to see what Peter does. In Luke 22 and verse 56, a servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, this man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. No, man, I'm not. Peter retorted, verse 59, about an hour later, someone else insisted, this must be one of them because he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately... While he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard, wept bitterly. Think about this. At the moment when Jesus needed Peter the most, because Jesus was hanging on the cross at this very moment he was bleeding for our sins he was dying for the sins of the world and at the very moment Jesus needs Peter Peter fails the Lord he fails by lying he he fails by not keeping his promise he fails by not standing up for the Lord and Peter failed so miserably. The Bible says that he went away and he wept bitterly. Failure. Failure. And I want us to look at three lessons about failure today from this story. Three lessons about failure. Number one is this. Everybody fails. Everybody fails. Listen, we all fail, but we have a, t- we have a tendency to blow our failures out of proportion because we see everybody else's successes. Isn't it true that we can, we can think our failures are so big and are so horrible because we are always looking at everybody else and their success? And, and in our world today, success is heightened. Success is actually blown out of proportion. It's magnified because of social media. And you got Twitter and you got Facebook and you got Instagram and, and have you noticed that people almost always tweet or Facebook or Instagram something good? You know what I mean? Facebook, we're going, we're getting ready to head to Paris on a vacation. Smiley face, you're like, I hate you. Going to Paris. You know what I mean? People put good stuff, you know. We're at a restaurant, and they put up a picture of a nice, this nice food. And you're like, I hate you. I'm at work right now, and you're at a restaurant. You know, everybody tweets good stuff, and Facebook's good stuff, and Instagram's great pictures, you know. Ooh, look, I just got a house, or I just got a car, Facebook, Twitter, you know. they, they Have you noticed people put up pictures? It's like, look at my wife. She's beautiful, and they put up a picture. They don't ever put up with rollers on. You know what I'm saying? Rollers in her hair, Sleep in the eyes. you always be made all up. You know what I'm saying? A brother never puts a picture of himself, you know, with a big old belly, hairy belly sticking up. You know what I mean? He'll look at me, popcorn. You know what i know? He's going to be looking good. He's going to be looking dapper. You know what I'm saying? Because we want people to have this good image. We show success, you know. Every time people put out a picture of their kids on Facebook or Twitter or something, their kids are always looking good and behaving so nicely. But listen, their kids are not always like that. But that's the picture they put out. And we start looking at everybody else and their success and we're looking at social media and we're, listen, we're listening people and looking at people and we start thinking they're always a success and look at me, I'm always failing. I don't have it all together. They keep showing me all their successes and man, I look at my life and I don't have a top 10 success list. I got like a not so top 10 list. One of the things that I enjoy doing is watching sports and whenever I have a chance, I like to watch Sports Center. And one of the twists that they've added on Sports Center that I really like is they oftentimes end the show by showing you the not-so-top-10 moments in sports. The not-top-10 moments. I-, I love it. Matter of fact, let me just show you one episode of the not-top-10 moments on SportsCenter. Check this out.
1: In their next game against Cuba.
2: That's one that wouldn't be on this list. No. The not-top-10 Rangers and Sabres in OT, Rick Nash, um, trying to start the rush, but not so much. Look at this. He loses an edge, and the puck almost rolls in. John Tortorella got a laugh
1: out of it. Uh, that is rare to see. Watch out now for Russell Westbrook gets the steal and missing the easy lay-in. Well, Scotty Brooks has some advice for his point guard. next time. Yeah. Russ, come on. You want a Harlem shake? Never again. Never again. Well, I didn't do it the first time. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, apparently, neither do the T-Wolves because, um, well, the mascot, Crunch, decided he was done with it. No Harlem shake.
1: Sound effects, too. I don't think that man was uh, hurt in the uh, making of that production. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of hurt, uh, Dirk Nowitzki's feelings may have been hurt here. I would say. He's a seven-footer driving, and Patrick Beverly's there with this stuff. Patrick Beverly is 6-1. Dirk looking for a foul, and then he fouled somebody because he was so mad. Yeah, he was
2: very upset about it. Um, this really doesn't work so well. Huh. Needless to say. MLS soccer. Uh, FC Dallas in Colorado. And, well, Dallas pretty much could say, thanks very much. Appreciate
1: the goal. College Hoops. Cody Zeller on the run. Cody Zeller! Can't do it. Can't get it done. He has great length, but not long enough for the finish. He at least can smile and uh, access to oh. by the rim against Brandon Knight. Not a good season for Kentucky or players who play to Kentucky.
2: Barry College and Hendricks College. Runners on. And Levy Austin in what the dirt. What is going on there? Look at this. What, what sport are we playing? Exactly.
1: <laughs> did he Did he run a 40 at the combine? Yeah. He can hit all right mom always says no ball in the house how about a car burning rubber (laughs) this is crazy at a sponsor event at a marriott hotel now by the way that's a carpet that's not a road the burnout and that's not gonna come out that's gonna leave a mark
2: yeah i don't even think carpet cleaner is gonna get that out um this would be the worst hockey fight ever mainly because (laughs) Francis Lazard and Sebastian LaFerriere.
1: They do the dance.
2: Yeah, they're not fighting. They're, they're not even touching.
1: Barry Melrose told us this is a real uh, fighting type league where these two men are. They would later fight. Mm. Uh, I'd want to fight. Eventually. I'd want to fight if I was number one, and I was uh, Taylor Reno And no one told me a ball was coming while I was doing the footwork here. <laughs> I'd especially
2: a... want to fight after they put the sound effects Exactly. <laughs> Watch out now.
1: Oh, always keep your eyes up. Uh, he would be okay. Is that number one good enough to unseat our reigning 14-time worst-of-the-worst champ? And it is a little misleading because you look at Jadavian Clown and you say, he's a 31, 32-time best of the best because he's there every day. M- Mark Sanchez has been number one for 14 weeks. Week. The 14-time worst-of-the-worst worst champion with the butt fumble. Log on and vote.
0: Come on, that makes you feel good, doesn't it, huh? That's what I'm telling I feel good about myself now. The not- so top ten moments. You see, here's the raw reality. Every body fails. Everyone who has ever succeeded has failed. The road to success leads to the land of failure. Did you realize Abraham Lincoln, former U.S. president, went into politics at the age of 23 when he campaigned for a seat at the Illinois General Assembly and failed, and then he opened up a store, a business, and a few months later, it Failed because everybody fails. Michael Jordan, the most famous name in basketball, was cut from his high school basketball team because everybody fails. Steven Spielberg dropped out of high school and applied to attend film school three times but was unsuccessful due to his C average grades. Everybody fails. Beethoven, his music teacher, once told him that he was a hopeless composer Babe Ruth, this baseball legend struck out 1,330 times. Henry Ford, the Ford Motor Company was Henry Ford's third Business because the other two were not successful. Everybody fails. Winston Churchill, this former British Prime Minister, had a speech impediment in his early years. Albert Einstein, he learned to speak at a late age and performed poorly in school. Walt Disney, he was fired from the editor by the editor of a newspaper for lacking creative ideas. How many of you believe Mr. Disney started getting creative? I mean, you know what I'm talking. About about. And all I'm saying to you is everybody fails. Yes, Peter fell. He blew it big time. He denied the Lord. But the raw reality is, listen, we all fell. The road to success leads through the land of failure. There's a second thing that I want you to see, and that is this. You are not a failure. You are not a failure. And so many people, when they fail, you know what happens? They begin to see themselves as a failure. And friends, failure is a fact of life, but it should not be a way of life. And what happens to so many people is it becomes a way of life. They start viewing themselves as a failure. And you can't let failure outside of you get inside of you. You see, friends, success is great as long as it doesn't go to your head. And failure is okay as long as it doesn't go to your heart. But when failure goes to your heart, you start seeing yourself as a failure. You start viewing failure as a person instead of a, a, as an event. You, 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 start, you start viewing failure as something you are instead of as something you did. And friends, hear me, when failure goes to your heart, it'll mess you up. It'll mess up your life when failure goes to your heart. And I want to give you six ways people respond to failure. Six ways people respond to failure. I think you'll identify yourself in one of these six. The first way people respond to failure is they blow up they blow up. I think about Jonah. Jonah fell to God and ran from God, and Jonah blew up. He was angry. Matter of fact, you find Jonah in Jonah chapter 4 sitting under a tree, mad, upset, angry at God. I mean, Jonah, he fell and he blew up, and so many people, when they start letting failure get on the inside of them, they blow up. They're, they're angry at God. They're angry with people. They're angry about Life is that you that you failed and you find yourself blaming God and angry at God and angry at people and and angry at life and people. They start internalizing failure and feeling like a failure and they respond by blowing up. I want you to see a second way people respond to failure, and that is this they cover up. They cover up. I think about Adam and Eve. The Bible says they disobeyed God and they ate from the tree that was in the middle of the garden that God said not to eat from. And when they disobeyed God, they, they felt like failures. Failure, they felt like that was who they were. And the Bible says they began to cover up. They began to hide from each other. They began to hide from God. They were in hiding. Are you in hiding today? Are you hiding from people and hiding from God? You failed and you've messed up and you've blown it and now you're hiding from God? That's exactly the way Adam and Eve responded. I want you to see a third response and that is speed up. And that's what happened with Moses. The scripture says that Moses killed a man. And you know what Moses did? He just sped up, just like nothing happened. Everything's cool. He went on to bed that night. Of course, the story goes on that his, his sin got exposed. But Moses' plan was just to speed up like nothing ever happened. And so many people, that's the way they respond to failure. They mess up. They, 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 they do something wrong. They fail. And they want to just pretend like nothing has ever happened. And they try to speed up. And you know what happens to people who just speed up and pretend like nothing happens, has ever happened? Is they end up making the same mistake over? You've seen that happen, haven't haven't you? Like the same mistake over and over and over and over again. They speed up, and, and and there's a fourth way to respond to failure, and that's to back up, to back up. And that's what Peter did. Peter denied the Lord. I read it to you a few moments ago. He denied the Lord three times. And, and you know what Peter did? Peter went back to his old way of life, his old way of living. Matter of fact, it's really interesting. In, in John chapter 21 and verse 15 through 21, you can read it in your own study time. But in John 21, beginning in verse 15, Jesus begins to reinstate Peter back into ministry. But do you know where, 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 where Jesus found Peter? He was fishing that's what he had done for a living. And Peter had blown up. He had denied the Lord. He had messed up. He had failed the Lord. And he went back. He backed up. He went back to his old life of fishing. Because that's oftentimes what happens. You feel like a failure. You feel like God can't use me anymore. You feel like I've blown it so much that I'm just going to go back to my old life. Are you there today? Have you, have you blown it? Have you messed up? Have you failed God? And then you find yourself feel like I'm a failure. God can't use me anymore. And you're back at your old life again. You're back dabbling in the drugs again. You're back in the club scene again. You're back with the old friends again. Because oftentimes when you internalize failure, you back up and you go back to what you used to do. And Peter was fishing. Again, there's a, a fifth thing that I want you to see, a fifth way to respond to failure, and that's to give up. So, so people blow up, they cover up, they speed up, they back up, and some people give up. And I think about Judas. Judas failed by betraying Jesus, and he gave up. Notice this in Matthew chapter 27 and verse number 3. It says, when Judas, who had betrayed him, betrayed Jesus, and, and he, he turned Jesus over and betrayed him for some money to be crucified on the cross of calvary and the bible says he realized that jesus has been condemned to die he was filled with remorse notice that judas had remorse so he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priests and the elders i have sinned he declared for i have betrayed an innocent man what do we care they retorted that's your problem then jesus threw excuse me then judas threw the silver coins down in the temple and went out and notice this and hanged himself You see, Judas allowed failure to get on the inside of him. He thought that he was a failure. He thought that he had blown it so bad that that he was a failure in life. And he gave up. And he ended his own life. Please hear me today. Failing doesn't make you a failure. Quitting does. Failing does not make you a failure. Quitting does does and Judas he let failure get on the inside of him and he quit he gave up and that's some of you today you have failed you have messed up and you're allowing failure to attack your heart to get in your heart and you're thinking you're a failure and one of the responses is you give up some of you are giving up on your marriage you're giving up on parenting you're giving up on your career you're giving up on your dream you're giving up on your future you're giving up on friendship because failure has got on the inside of you and when failure gets on the inside of you you want to give up and judas gave up there's a sixth response to failure and this is the proper response to failure and the proper response is to get up get up friends jesus wants us to get up think about this both peter and judas failed the lord And they both had remorse. I read it to you a moment ago. Judas had remorse. I began this message by reading the scripture that Peter, he he messed up. He denied the Lord. He let the Lord down. And the Bible says he wept bitterly. They both had remorse. And the difference between Judas and Peter, they both blew it. They both messed up. They both failed. But Judas gave up and Peter got up. That's the difference is one gave up. And the other got up. And the scripture says in Proverbs 24 and verse 16, the godly may trip seven times. I want you to notice that the scripture declares that godly people fall, godly people mess up. Listen, this is not just for, about ungodly people or those who are far from God. Godly people fail, people who love the Lord fail. But notice this, but they will get up again. Everybody shout, get up! Yes, 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 godly people, get up again. Listen, failing does not make you a failure. Quitting does. Get up, sir, and try again. Get up, ma'am, and try again. When you mess up, get up. 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 There's a third thing that I want you to see today, and that is this. Failure is not final. Failure is not final final. I want to share some insight from this story about Peter on failure is not final. And the first thought I want to give you is this. God knew we were going to fail. God knew we were going to fail. Check this out in Peter's story in Luke chapter 22 and verse 34. This is the same chapter when Peter fell. But before he fell, notice what Jesus said to him. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny Three times that you even know me. Friends, Jesus knew Peter was going to fail. He knew it. And I want you to hear me t- t- today. I want you to know something. Your failure has not caught God by surprise. God's not in heaven going, huh! Gabriel, come here, get the other angels. I don't know what we're going to do. They surprised us. No. He's God. He's got the whole world in his hands. He can handle your little failure. He can handle your mistake. He can, he's he's God. He he knew you were going to fail. Listen, he's God and... And Peter, listen, I know you're going to mess up. I know you're going to. Your failure, Peter, has not caught me by surprise. And that leads me to a second thing, and that is this. God had a plan for us before we failed. Understand this. Before we even fell, God already had a plan. And notice what he tells Peter before he failed. He said in Luke 22 and verse 31, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. The context of this is when Jesus is getting ready to tell him in verse 34 that, Peter, you're going to deny me. You're going to fail. And he says, here's what I want you to know. Two verses earlier, earlier he says, listen, I want you to know that Satan wants to sift you as wheat. Satan wants to take this failure and he wants to put it in your mind and in your heart and make you feel like a failure. He wants to sift you as wheat. He wants to destroy you. He wants to take your life apart. He wants to use this failure and to cause you to give up and back up. He wants to use this failure and he wants to cause you to cover up and to hide. He wants to use this failure in your life to destroy you. Listen, listen, listen. But I got a plan. I'm telling you this because I got a plan for you, Peter, before you ever deny me and fail. Listen, Satan wants to sift you as wheat. Verse 32, but I have pleaded in prayer for you. But Peter, I'm praying for you. Come on, can I say that to somebody? You Listen, before you ever felt, Jesus praying for you. He's praying for your comeback. He's praying that Satan won't sift you as we. He says, Peter, I'm praying for you. Notice what he says. I'm praying for you. Praying what? That, listen, Simon, that your faith should not fail. I'm praying that when you fail, that you won't, you, won't, you won't give up, but that you'll get up. I'm praying that your faith won't fail, that you won't quit, that you won't stop the race, because you'll have a tendency, because of the evil one, to want to quit and to throw in the towel. But I'm praying for you, Peter, because you're getting ready to jack up. And I'm praying that your faith will not fail. See, God's got a plan before you ever failed. He goes on to say, so when you have repented, because that's the plan, Peter, I want you to repent. Don't wallow in it. Don't give up. Don't go back to your old life. Repent. Turn away from the failure. And then he goes on to say this, and turn to me again. Strengthen your brothers. Turn to me again. That's a word for somebody right now that's failed. You ready to quit and give up? Can I tell you what the Lord is saying to you? Turn to me again. Turn to me again. I'm a big God. I had a plan for you before you ever failed. Turn to me Again, I got a plan. It reminds me of Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 6. The scripture says, and I am certain that God who began. Can I tell you, God is the one who began the work in us. God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. The Bible says that God who began the work will continue the, his work. It didn't say will continue if you don't make a mistake. No, no, God knew you were going to mess up. But he said, listen, the work I began in you when I get when I, when you were saved, I'm going to continue that work. I'm going to finish that work until the day of Christ Jesus. Listen, I had a plan for you before you ever failed. As many of you know, I'm a country boy from Wewoka, Oklahoma. And in Wewoka, we say it like this. It doesn't matter how much milk you spill as long as you don't lose your cow. Come on, you spill some milk, but don't lose your cow. Hold on to Jesus. Get your eye back on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Just spill some milk, but don't lose your cow. Don't throw on the towel. God has a plan for you. Even though you mess up, hold on to the Lord. Yeah, yeah. I get country up in here on you, amen. <laughs> number three is this. Number three is this. Number three is this. A third thing, failure is not final. God believes in us in spite of our failure. Notice what the scripture says in Mark chapter 16. Mark's account of the resurrection after Peter denied the Lord. Mark says this in verse 6 but the angel said, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who has crucified. Who, who, who was crucified? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you before he died. Get the picture. Get the picture. So, so, so Mary goes to the tomb, and Jesus has risen. He's not there, and the angel tells Mary, "You go. You go and tell the disciples. Jesus wants to meet them. Jesus is not done with the disciples. He still." Wants to use them he's risen again you go tell the disciples including peter let me sing single peter out because he feels like a failure he just denied the lord he feels like quitting he was a disciple but didn't feel like one so you go and can you see mary she goes to the disciples and says listen jesus is alive he wants to see you boys he still has a plan he wants to use you and peter puts his head down i'm not going no 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 peter he specifically, the angel said, tell the disciples, and Peter, and Peter, because Peter's going to think I'm not talking about, and Peter, because Peter, I still believe in you, even though you fell and you messed up, and the Lord sent me here today to say, tell the disciples, Angela. Tell the disciples and Tommy, tell the disciples and Mikey, tell the disciples and Renee, God has not given up on you. He still believes in you. Tell the disciples and Peter. There's a fourth thing that I want you to see. Failure is not final. The fourth thing is this. God uses us greatly in spite of our failure. God used Peter in spite of his failure, not despite of his failure, in spite of his failure. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, Peter gets up on the day of Pentecost, and he preaches in front of thousands of people after he failed. And the Bible says in Acts 2 and verse 41, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. God used a failing, denying, wishy-washy disciple, and he uses him to preach one of the first messages to the church of Jesus Christ. And he preaches this message, and 3,000 people get saved and get baptized in water. And you know what the Scripture is simply letting us know? Failure is not final. Failure is not final. You denied me, Peter, but failure is not final. Some of you in this place today, you need to get back up. You need to repent. You need to turn back to Jesus again. Because Jesus still has a great plan for your life and he wants to use you. Failure is not